You know what you need a miracle for these days is uh, getting any kind of basic pain med. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Great to have you here on this Monday as we all get back to uh, reality. And over the holidays, uh, I needed to get some pain meds like every other parent out there. And, of course, the shelves are bare. I went pharmacy to pharmacy, and they were out. I ended up getting a bottle from my mom who went to the United States and picked up a couple of extras, and thankfully she had that. But how is this still a thing? Children's pain meds have been missing in action since June at least. And Health Canada got an emergency supply of one million bottles, but that's long gone. And here we are eight months later and we still can't get basic meds in this country. It is just insane to me. And it's not just kids meds now that aren't available. Now adult flu and cold medicines are running dry. Like we're a G7 country last time I checked. And we're also a country where all of those in charge at the federal level knew we're in for a bad flu season. So you got to wonder, like, how do we not have basic medicines available? And where is the urgency from the Trudeau government to get this dealt with? It's just non-existent. It's crazy that more has not been made out of this particular issue because it's a big reason why our hospitals have been flooded with parents trying to get their kids um, temperatures in check. I mean, if we had these meds, probably could have avoided many of those cases. I want to bring in Mina Tadros to this conversation, an assistant professor of pharmacy at the University of Toronto, who specializes in drug policy and surveillance of medications. Mina, great to have you. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I, I'm kind of flabbergasted that eight months in, I mean, every parent knew back in the spring that this was going to be an issue but that we're still dealing with this issue and now it's kind of rolling into other pain meds. I don't understand in this country how we are in this position still. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a big problem. And, and unfortunately, shortages aren't something new to the healthcare system. It's just that this time it's such a broad drug that's being impacted that it's, it's hitting home for everybody. Um, you know, one of the challenges with anything related to supply chain and specifically with healthcare is that it's hard to dig out of one of these problems once you have it. You know, uh, to get a supply chain up and running again and even to fill it back up to take months. And I think as this has happened, as we're trying to dig out, you continue to see the surge with illnesses and people's demands continue to be high. And so it's been very challenging and uh, to have that. And then another thing that sort of happens is what we call this domino effect. That yeah. As one drug gets hit, people turn to another one, and then that one wasn't ready for the surge in demand. So it drops as well. And so you start to see more and more get affected as well. So unfortunately, this is not an uncommon thing, but this time it's just really hitting home for a lot of people. Like, where's the surveillance on this? I mean, Health Canada was made aware that these were problems uh, months ago, and then they just didn't really do much about it. And then, you know, in the fall, they said, well, we'll see about ramping up production. And then they ruled against that. They didn't do anything. And then they decided to, you know, we'll buy this emergency supply, which lasted about five seconds. Um, it's just at the federal level, where is the urgency and the surveillance to avoid these things? Like, is there not a, a process in place Mina, where if we're running out of stuff that the pharmacists are putting this on the radar of, of those in charge of this so that we can avoid it? Yeah, you know, I think one of the challenges with just supply chains in general and specifically among medications is that they're global. And what that means is that it's sometimes it's outside of our own borders where these medications are being made. And this is a struggle that everybody, every country has. Uh, unfortunately, we're not, you know, no one is safe from this including even the drugs that, you know, the countries that produce these drugs. Mm. 
one weakness we have, and everyone has this, and no one's been able to solve this, is we don't have full insight into how much drug is actually inside our country uh, and are able to monitor it kind of in real time. Wow. And again, that's because of how drugs get shipped in, because of how they're distributed throughout wholesalers, uh, and also the, the complexity of dealing with proprietary companies. You have these m- huge multinationals uh, that are kind of producing drugs and distributing them around the world. Um, and we don't know where they're being made, uh, how much of it is actually coming in at the same time. And so I think what we're starting to realize is that we do need that sort of more real-time monitoring that happens there. You know, one one good news story from this is it actually could have been way worse. And, um, and I, I know it's sort of funny to say that and even imagine that. But in the very beginning of the pandemic, because we'd been dealing with drug shortages for a long time, the federal government actually enacted this ability to ship drugs in from other countries. And if we hadn't been thinking about that ahead of time, we wouldn't have even been able to take that action that we did earlier in this season. Now, it obviously feels like it's too little, uh, and we're going to probably continue to need to do that until we could get our supply chain up. But at minimum, we realize that some of these policies do help a little bit, and at least we're starting to think about it. Yeah, but I think I, I, and, and I think you're being generous because we should have been thinking about this uh, quite soon. Uh, we knew at the beginning of the pandemic, especially with the vaccines that and other supply chain issues, that being reliant on other countries, whether it was for PPE or anything, was going to be a big problem. We have outsourced all of these things to other countries and we don't make things domestically, which started the conversation that we cannot be um, left high and dry and, and reliant on others to do what we very well, as you know, could do in this country. And the prime minister uh, over the holidays, he was asked in a year-end interview if we should be manufacturing things like these pain meds in this country. And he said that there was no need, which really surprised me because there very clearly is a need that we do more of this domestically. And I don't understand in this country, and it's certainly not, it didn't start with this prime minister, but if we've learned nothing from the pandemic, it's that we must not be reliant on others, especially in this area. And yet we seem to be kind of sticking to this plan. Yeah, no, you know, I, I, I would agree and disagree with you. I think there's, there's one of the big challenges in this space is that there's actually thousands of drugs. So even our neighbors to the south, the United States, have come to the realization that they can't produce all their own drugs because each plant to build one single drug or a biologic can cost upwards of $1 billion to get up and running. Mm. So if you have thousands of drugs, that is a, that's a deficit that even maybe we're not willing to get into. And so the challenge here is which drugs do you produce and how do you protect your supply chain? And there's a lot of creative ways to do that. So one thing is you do have to you know, invest in some domestic production or at least capacity to kick in when you need it. So yeah. you know, I do agree with you there. And I think it's just the challenge of how do we pick out which drugs we want to make and which ones are super important to us. Another thing we could be doing is what some countries do is they have a national stockpile. So drugs that they think are really important, they want to make sure that they either have some on hand or they're able to make it. And then the third thing is we need to start thinking about what people are terming friendshoring. So we can't be dependent on single countries. Mm. Um, You know, 80% of drugs in some way are made through China or India, and that's the best estimate. We actually don't even know the real number there. Um, and so we're really sensitive to if, you know, those countries, if geopolitical things go sour mm-hmm. or if a storm hits a certain section or things happen. So we need to diversify our supply chain. But all of that, if you notice, is a theme here where we need to know what's important to us and we need to make sure we have things in place to protect our supply chain. Yeah, I think basic pain meds uh, to keep people out of the, you know, emerge would be would be a good start. Just quickly, Mina, before I let you go, um, when will this latest crisis, when will it be solved? Because I think people are going to continue to panic by because once you see it, it's like, I don't, I don't want to let go. But when do you see this kind of uh, settling down? 
So on average, when we study these things, it takes a couple of months to refill a supply chain. But that's when you don't have people panic buying and you don't have a surge in infection. So it's, it's pretty challenging to kind of predict that. But even if things were normal and they kind of reached a baseline, it would take two to three months until you start seeing things back to normal. You know, the thing I would tell every listener right now is your best friend during this time is going to be a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to help you navigate that. Go talk to them. There are other options that they can help you and they're the experts on whether it's compounding things or being able to order things ahead of time or just looking at other options for you and navigating them. So, uh, you know, pharmacists have been front and center and they're front and center on drug shortages as always. Yeah, they have been real unsung heroes uh, during this. And uh, again, uh, they are your frontline defense. Hey, very much appreciate your time, Mina. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. You too. Mina Tadros joining us here. And again, how we're in this position is is so crazy to me, but it is a problem. It is a big, big problem.